You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. We got a lot coming for y'all this week with entertainment, but not so much with sports, man. We still in that dry period right now. I know y'all MLB fans probably enjoyed the All-Star game, but that can't be the highlight of this show. It just can't. Yeah. I'm sorry. But uh, we, we're going to give y'all some type of sports topics. But this, this episode definitely going to have a lot of entertainment and current events. And I got a lot of movie news, a lot of upcoming movies that are coming up that have interesting plot twists that I think we can dive into. It was a couple of uh, trendy social media topics that we're going to dive into about the Gotham situation. If you be willing to move there for a cheap price to deal with the Joker and Batman and all them antics in there, man. So we're going to dive into all that. But we're going to start off with entertainment and current events. And Edgar, I want you to touch on this racism on Sesame Street. Yeah, so earlier this week, there was a situation where this black mother and her two daughters, they went to Sesame Street Park in Philadelphia and uh, inter- not an entertainer, but a person who wears the costume of Rosita, she ignored these two black little girls, but gave everyone else high fives. All the little white kids, the white adults, she spoke, waved, gave high fives. But when it was time for her to cross these little black girls, not only did she not give them high fives, she gave them like the nope type of gesture. So it sparked a whole debate on social media of, is Sesame Street, like, are they racist? Like, what's going on? And then you see other parents upload videos of their kids, who are also Black, getting ignored as well. I've seen two or three other videos of the similar situation happening, maybe not at the same part, but Sesame Street characters over and over are in this predicament. Sesame Street came out with uh, an apologetic response, of course, you know, just trying to make sure they let everyone know this wasn't intentional. But the lawyers of this mother, they're saying that they want Sesame Street to fire this employee. They want them to get whatever type of psychological treatment for the kids because the kids were clearly upset in the video. So it, it's just it's a lot going on. I ain't going to just say Sesame Street racist as a whole. But these particular events, I, I can't blame anyone for saying otherwise. Yeah, and that's the thing, because you can't blame Sesame Street, because this was a parade type of event that was going on. So it's like the person that was inside of the costume is the one that has to get the racism. Not more so Sesame Street, but I don't know what type of parade this was, though. Was it something mm. that was just like a... It was, it it was probably just Sesame, one of the part parades Was it like a Disney type have? parade? Yeah, it, it was something like that. You know how, like, at Disney World, they have a parade, like, every three hours? It was probably like that. I've never been to the Sesame Street Park, but I'm, yeah. I'm sure they have it similar. And it was so crazy because it was multiple different uh, people in these costumes that were doing it. I think it was, like, Big Bird I seen was doing some racist shit. It, it was Elmo. He wasn't trying to show love. So I'm like, did they have a conversation before the parade to say, <laughs> like, all the black kids, we're not fucking with it, bro? Because that's how it felt. Like, it felt like all of these videos came out the same day, and it was different characters doing the racist shit, like, not trying to interact with the black kids. So it felt like something was just wrong with that whole situation in general because we'd never heard of this before. If this situation would have happened before, we would have heard about it because somebody would have had an issue with it. So why today 
of all days do we get this whole blow up and blowback. It just felt weird. It felt like something was going on behind closed doors for all of these characters to be doing that at the same time. So that's why I said, like, I don't know. It's the, but you can't blame Sesame Street, though, is what I'm saying. Yeah, you got to blame the people I, that's I inside wanna, the costume. I don't want to say Sesame Street as a whole company is just racist because when Sesame Street first came out, there were a lot of black kids on the show. There were a lot of black kids that it was catered to. So the fact that Sesame Street is has been known to deal with minority cultures and be inclusive of, inclusive of all types of kids, this situation, well, these particular situations, because there's been more than one recently, these, these things shouldn't define what Sesame Street is. I don't think Sesame Street is racist. It's just the last few people who have been in these parades <laughs> may yeah. be racist, and they're just not representing the brand well. So that's all I'll say. I, I think Sesame Street was sincere with their apology. But the person in the Rosita costume, she said she was saying no to somebody who was asking her to grab their child and take a picture with their child. Now, I thought that was a lie. I just thought I was, was about to say, bro, because with the video I was seeing, like she was high five and white kids, the black kids were like waiting for their high five. And she just literally put her hand yeah. over them and moved on to like a high five and the other white kids. So I don't know if she was asking to get picked up, bro. Did she lie trying to cover her ass? Right. So, yeah, so I, I, I don't believe any of that shit. Now, do I think the kids need to get, you know, psychological therapy? That's what I was going to dive into. Y'all dragging it, bro. Y'all dragging it. But this is the thing, bro, because that's going to live with them for so long because as a kid, you are so impressionable. So I remember when I was a kid going to Disney World, I used to love Buzz Lightyear. So when going to Buzz Lightyear, that was somebody I wanted to see. That was somebody I wanted to meet. That was somebody I wanted to interact with. And if I would have interacted with Buzz Lightyear in a certain situation like that, where he disrespects me like that, it's like that kind of does fuck with me because I grew up on you. To the point where I view you in this light. I view you on this pedestal. And now you disrespect me like that. You don't show me no love. It's like I do feel a way growing up now because now I don't view people I see on television like I feel like a kid, a kid wants to, you know, because you want to uh, view those people in high regard. Like these are the people you watch every day, the Doras, the Sesame Streets, uh, the, all the other shows, the Paw Patrols. You want kids to look up to them. So when they don't have those people to look up to anymore, the, the childhood kind of gets lost in it. So I understand the psychological part behind it because it is something there and it will affect these kids moving forward. Hey, you know what they say? Never meet your heroes. <laughs> exactly. And that's the funny thing. And that's the funny thing, bro. Because when I ended up meeting like the Buzz Lightyear in Disney World when I was like, like six years old, like I ended up running away because I'm so used to seeing it on TV. So I was like afraid I ended up running away. Like my mom's telling me the story all the time. But to actually want that interaction from your favorite TV characters and getting disrespected like that, that does affect you, bro. And I think it, it's going to affect them for a while. I don't know if now, they should go thing, to the point of seeking therapy, but yeah, yeah, I think nah. it's a conversation that you have to have with your mom of like, this is why this situation happened. You might have to dive into like the racism part about it, a conversation you don't want to have with your kid, but it's the, the situation that went down. So you might have to touch on it. Now, one thing I will say, I, I don't think it was the fact that the Rosita character didn't give them high fives. It was the whole fact of, the person doing the nope expression like mm. when they just made it clear like i'm not interacting with you then that's when i was like okay like you dead ass wrong for that if you just didn't give them high fives then you know it is what it is because you're at a parade you can't give every child a high five it's just not gonna happen like if you go to disney world 
Mickey Mouse can't wave at every <laughs> single person individually. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, some kids are going to get skipped. Now, if Rosita would have just walked past the two little girls, I wouldn't understand that. I'd have been like, hey, you had a parade. She probably just high-fived like 15 kids. She probably finna skip the next three or four. But doing the whole nope thing and just making it purposeful of not interacting with these children when you see them dead in your face, that's why I thought she was wrong. And I thought it was an even bigger problem because they said right after she passed those two black girls, she, she ended up high-fiving. High yeah, she was giving high-fiving the white kids next to him. So it was like, oh, nigga, you were, you were willing to give everybody high-fives. You just didn't want to give high-fives to them. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It, was, it wasn't like you would have skipped. If you would have skipped those next few white kids, we wouldn't have had a problem with it because it's like, okay, you skipping everybody at this point. But nah, nigga, the, the fact that you skipped them and continue to give high-fives to the whites... Oh, no, we're going to have a problem, my nigga, for <laughs> yeah. sure, for sure, for sure. And imagine how much this is going to affect, like, a Sesame Street stock or, like, how they're viewed on television. Now this story is starting to circulate. A lot of people are going to steer their kids away from Sesame Street now. And like you said, a lot of black kids really grew up on it, and I'm pretty sure a lot of black kids still watch this show today. And, like, imagine how many people are being steered away just from this situation now. So Sesame mm -hmm. Street, even though... They could not be the the reason why the racism is happening because I think it's still people inside of the costume. The the television show itself is going to be hugely affected by this type of occurrence. So that's what I'm looking at even more. They're losing a lot of money from this shit, bro. A lot of money. All right, moving on to the next subject. I got Netflix loses nearly a million subs over the last few months. So we all knew it was coming with Netflix because they've been making so many modifications, whether it was the password sharing. I'm hearing that they're coming with ads in the next couple of, uh, couple of months. They just partnered with Microsoft and Microsoft is going to be the people actually posting the ads, creating some sort of operating system for the ads to generate on the Netflix app. So a lot of people have been steering away from it. And Netflix has been losing its popularity among uh, a lot of viewers as well over the last year or so. But to see the uh, actual number on it is kind of crazy because, damn, a million people lost is crazy. Even though Netflix is still far and away the biggest streaming service, seeing them lose so many people is just eye-opening to see. And this is the question I was posing months ago when we talked about them. I think it was when they were partnering with Nickelodeon or something like that. And is that still happening? Are they still pairing up with Nickelodeon? I don't know. Because Hulu is paired up with Disney. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, HBO Max is paired up with Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network. And I, mm. So I, I thought Netflix was going to do the Possibly. third one. Because they got Keenan and Kel on there. So I'm pretty sure it is got Nick on there. Right. So my question has been, why does Netflix continue to raise their prices if they know all this other stuff is going to come? If they know they're going to cut down with the password sharing, if they know they're going to run into the um into the ad obstacle like all these other streaming services are starting to do, why continue to be the only streaming platform to raise your price the way that you are? Netflix, I remember, bro, I remember Netflix used to be about seven, eight dollars. And now you're paying like what? Then it's $16 a month and they're planning on raising the price even more. And you're about to get ads. You're about to stop people from being able to share passwords. I, I just don't know what Netflix is doing right now, but they're really kind of in a space where they can play around like this because they're, they're the cream of the crop. Like they're kind of like McDonald's in a sense. Everyone knows Chick-fil-A is better than McDonald's nowadays, but 
McDonald's is always the brand that everyone goes against because they've just been at it and they've been at the top for so long. I think Netflix is in that situation where, yeah, they're going through a few bumps right now, but they can afford to because people are still going to watch Stranger Things. People are still going to go for all of the originals and everything. So they got room to play around, even though it's hurting them at the moment. And that's my biggest thing about Stranger Things because they always have you coming back for more. Even if you go away for a short period of time, once you hear Stranger Things is back, once you hear Ozark is back, Love, Death, and Robots, all of the award-winning shows that's on their site, people always gravitate back to it. I think we're just in a dead period with Netflix that Stranger Things just ended, Ozark just ended, so a lot of people are trying to stray away from it. But once these series return again, we're going to see this number go back up. And that's why I still don't think it's going to be a, as big of a loss for Netflix as a lot of people are making it because they have so many um, attention-grabbing series still that, uh, like, that, is, that are cultural phenomena that you just have to watch. And you're like a nobody if you don't watch it, so you have to watch it. And as long as they still have that, people will go through this ad situation. People will go through this password sharing to watch these shows because you want to watch what everybody else is watching and what's popping. That's why I think it's a loss right now because everything is ended. But I think they will still see a slight increase. It's not as big as they are used to, but still slight increases, even with the price increasing as well. And that's how, that's how and, big they are. And even when people do specials, like I ain't heard nobody really doing no Hulu special or no HBO Max special. It's always a Netflix special, especially when it comes to comedians. You know what I'm saying? I think outside of Netflix, Amazon may be the only people. Amazon Prime are the only people outside of Netflix where people are doing specials. Kanye mm -hmm. and Drake, they did their concert for Larry Hoover back in November. Little Baby has a whole documentary coming out next month in August. For, um, on Amazon Prime for his career and where he came from and everything. So Amazon is kind of working their way into that bag of original content, but Netflix is still the top dog. So Netflix is like, okay, we lost a million subs, but we'll at least get that million subs back. We don't know if we'll double it, but in due time, we'll get that number back. Because look at this, bro. I read something earlier that said that Netflix still has the second... In terms of sub uh, subscribers, they're still 20 million in front of the second place subscriber count, which is Amazon Prime. So they're still 20 million ahead of everybody else. So they could take this slight loss to be right back in it in the long run. Like I said, we still got Squid Games coming up. You know people are going to be back for the Squid Games. It's going to come back even harder because it's season two and you don't know how they're really going to go about it. So it raises the intrigue of what's going to come with it. So we're like, like I said, we're just looking at it now and seeing a million loss, but they will still gain more subscribers over the years. I, I, I really, still and, that and they keep getting classics too. Like they're going to put yeah. all three Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man movies back on there in August. Uh, they, I think they got at least majority of the Shrek movies right now. Like, so you're always every five to six months and they, they take them off every other five to six months, but every five mm -hmm. to six months. Get classics put back on there. You're going to have the new stuff like Squid Games and all of that coming with all the original work they do. Even movies like Netflix original movies that come out every now and then. Like, um, what was the animated movie we watched last year? Um, the Mitchells, Mitchells versus, versus the Machines. Like, mm -hmm. if you come out with bangers like that strictly on Netflix, like, you're going to continue to stay ahead of everybody else. 
for sure, bro. And I think Netflix isn't the only people or aren't the only streaming service that will be raising their prices. So people will start to normalize the inflation in prices because we talked about it before of HBO Max is going to go up to 20 soon. Amazon Prime obviously is going to stay free, but you still got Hulu is going to raise their prices. Netflix is going to raise their prices. So it's going to get to a point where, yeah, Netflix will be 20 but everybody else around them will be the same price, so it won't be that big of a deal. Netflix is just the first person or just the first streaming service to take that step, so people are right. starting to pull back. But once everybody else starts to raise their prices, y'all going to start flocking back to Netflix and saying this 20 Thanks. ain't that bad, you feel me? <laughs> Especially with the 90s classics they've been dropping on there too, like The Departed, you know what I'm saying, The Talented Mr. Mm -hmm. Ripley. They've been having some fire uh, classic movies come back on that, uh, that site. So Netflix is going to be fine. I truly believe it. And moving on to the next topic, we got Toys R Us is coming back. Yeah, man. So if you're going any Macy's uh, in the country right now, you are more likely um, to find a, a Toys R Us again. So it says right here, once left for dead, Toys R Us is making a major comeback and the store brand out everywhere for the holidays. It is in. It will be in every U.S. Macy's in the next few months, part of an expanded partnership with the toy retailer's parent company, whp global so they're planning on being in around 400 macy's all across the country and they're in some right now like i believe atlanta um any macy's in atlanta new york la so like the major market areas for macy's you could mm -hmm. probably find a toys r us in there right now but by the time halloween thanksgiving christmas gets here bro we're gonna see toys r us in any macy's that we go to again but this is a question, because I seen this earlier today. This is the question. Did we really miss Toys R Us when it was gone, bro? I don't think it was that missed because people started finding the alternative ways to get their toys. There's so That's many true. other, it's so many other toy stores that you can get. It's so like online shopping is such a big thing. You buying your toys online. So Toys R Us isn't that missed as people are trying to make it out to be. Well, it's not missed in terms of it being a full-blown department store anymore like toward the your to your point like we can't do that anymore you can't make a building solely dedicated for people to come in buying toys like that time is gone now but putting a toys r us in a clothing department like a macy's or even a dealer's like well-known fashion brand department stores like if you get like a i think it said like a 1000 or 1400 square foot section of that store to just put um Toys R Us toys in the most popular mm -hmm. toys. They ain't got to be a bunch of randoms. You can put the most popular toys on the market that Toys R Us are allowed to sell in yeah. a Macy's, and you'll you'll sell just as much as if you had a full blown department store. And I think that's why we didn't miss it as much when it left because before Toys R Us was completely gone, they were falling off for like two to three years. They they weren't getting that great of toys in there anymore because Amazon and all these other places got toys for a lot cheaper too. So I think what they're doing now is a lot more beneficial to them and to the kids because kids are going to want to play with toys regardless. I don't care how much we get into the technology age, at least until the age of three, kids are going to be fanatics about toys. So if you can have at least a thousand square feet in a Macy's to sell like 30 toys, you're good if your toys are us. Yeah, that, that's the only thing because I think the online shopping will continue to get big. So if you're going to make it a section of Macy's, that's cool. But the entire brick and mortar store, like we can't do that. Oh, no, nah, nah, you can't do that. Because it's just no too many, it's too many online options that are way more convenient to go about it. 
like Toys R Us is just not like that anymore, bro. Because I was, it was a store I just walked into the mall, bro. It was like a little Disney store I walked into. I think I was in mm. International. They got like a little Disney store, had some toys in there, a lot of cool Disney stuff. And I'm like, this is cool. The store wasn't that big. It was a nice little vibe. But having right. that extreme size like it used to, and you could walk around and do whatever in Toys R Us, like, yeah, those days are over. It kind of reminds me of like, blockbuster bro how blockbuster kind of fell yeah. off you kind of seen it right in front of you but you didn't want to believe it until it was actually gone but once it was gone you was like damn i really don't miss blockbuster that much because we still have all of these streaming services were starting to come out at oh no nah, i'm gonna always miss blockbuster nah, bro. bro i was, nah, niggas was bro. not missing blockbuster when it was gone bro, I, bro I, was I, straight, I was straight when it was gone i was like, straight this, when blockbuster was gone bro because blockbuster was such a Bro, I don't think people understand how crucial Blockbuster, Blockbuster was. Blockbuster was fire when it was hot, right. bro. But when that shit started to fall off, they was like, all right. I'm the cool, fact man. that you never had to buy the most popular game, you could just rent that bitch <laughs> and give it back. That shit was so fire. Nah, man. You know how many times I rented Madden and had to take that bitch back and then just rent it again in a couple of weeks? <laughs> that shit was fire. <laughs> I've that never rented a video fire. game from the niggas, bro. I always got my shit. Oh I always my got my shit. Nah. From Walmart or GameStop, nigga, I was getting my shit, my nigga. I was never got Oh, I, I definitely bought games, but the games that I was like, this is a fire, but I don't know if I want to buy it. Oh, yeah, Blockbuster. <laughs> First story, I can just give it right back. I can just get that bitch yeah. right back. And they, and they was cool on the late fee, too. Like They were said, cool on the late fee. If it said it was due thing. like seven days, and you give it back in like 10 or 11, they ain't tripping. They ain't tripping. Shit, you can get that shit two you, weeks later. They honestly wasn't tripping like that. The fee still went hit. Yeah, the fee still wasn't hitting like that, bro. So, damn. Damn. Blockbuster was hitting when it was fired. That's was what I'm hitting. saying. It was hitting. Blockbuster was straight, bro. It was straight. Shit, but I'm saying once it was, once it was gone, it was gone. Yeah. Once it was gone, I was like, all right, it's kind of gone. It's like, we don't really need it. <laughs> All right, and moving on to the next topic, we have Jesus and Mero are splitting up. So the iconic duo that everybody has seen on social media really have uh, grown through the pipeline of TV uh, as the, the New York pairing that everybody really knows. They've been on Viceland. They're currently on Showtime. They're on the fourth season of the Jesus and Mero show. They are currently splitting up to start different ventures individually. And it's just so crazy to see because you think like a partnership like that will always be locked in because it's so fruitful. They've grown together for so long, but then to see it over in the four seasons, you know what I'm saying? When they've still felt like yeah. it was in their prime, it's so sad to see, but just want to say salute to Jesus and Meryl because what they did for like that New York population was, was big. So I, I think yeah. New York was already on the map because New York is already a big city, but they they made you see the real in that city and what really goes down on the ground level. And I think that was just a dope, you know what I'm saying, point of view. So definitely salute yeah, to these. Shout, shout out to the Bodega Boys, man, for real. They yeah. they gave non-New Yorkers a real eye into the city like Quincy was just. It just gave you a unique perspective. And it was very entertaining. So I I, I just think it's one of those things that kind of ended too soon. But you, you don't never know when something ends at the right time until it ends. So this is one of those situations where it's like, damn, they could have did a little bit longer. Because I remember we talked about this with the with the Joe Budden, and we we definitely talked about this shit with the I am athlete shit. Have like they was only together for a year, and it's like damn, like they, the potential of what they were doing was so high, and it's like it stopped right here. How? And I honestly wanted to ask you about that anyway, like the I am athlete and the pivot conversation. Like, where do you do you still watch I am athlete? Has it fallen off to you? Does it give you the same feeling that it used to give? Is the pivot better? 
it definitely has in terms of I am athlete, I feel it's fell off because it doesn't as much as people complained about Brandon, it was his show. And now I think he's listened to so much criticism and he's taking so much criticism in that he's allowing everybody to just get on there and speak. Mm. And he's taking such a huge seat back when it's like, we just didn't want you overpowering other people. This could still be your show, like, because you were the one who came up with it. You pitched the idea to other people. So you have the right to act like it's your show. But now you got, I be seeing people on there like talking. I'd be like, when did they join the show? Or like, it's just, <laughs> and it's just like, it's not, it don't be people you really want to see for real. Like, and now yeah. the guests that they have, the guests be fire, but yeah. it's like, the the crew of Brandon, Ocho, Fred, and Channing, that was just something special, bro. It really was. The pivot, the pivot is doing good, but even the pivot, after the first few shows that they had, it's like, I don't know, RC. I and I like RC, but RC just don't do it for me for real. Like he mm-hmm. he's just not that genuine personality that pulls you to make you want to watch. You'll watch yeah. it and you'll think it's cool. But we were tuning in every episode that dropped for I Am Athlete yeah. that first year, bro. Like, and, and they didn't even have to have no guests on. We were Fast. tuning in just to listen to them talk. Yes. So now I feel like they're pulling on the guest thing way too much. They have a guest every single episode now, bro. And it's like they need just, it. <laughs> yeah, they, they need it because to my point, they be having people on there where it's like, I really don't want to hit this dude talk. Like, where where's the originality? Where's the consistency? Yeah. There's no consistent crew. And I think that's what's hurting I Am Athlete. The pivot can just only, they just started. So. Yeah. And it was the perfect mixture. I remember we talked about it before. It was Brandon's excitement and enthusiasm. That was a good thing for the show. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. The questions and the perspective that was from Fred, the, the comic relief from Channing and Ocho just being Ocho, that shit just made such an excellent show, bro. So when you it break did. the pieces apart, it's not the same. And I asked you that question in regards to Jesus and Meryl because I haven't watched I Am Athlete or The Pivot since they broke up because once they usually split it's like damn it's not the same because i've watched episodes of the pivot and i've liked episodes of the pivot but it's just not the same i wanted the right. all of you guys together so now i just fall off on both of the shows completely and i feel the same could happen for Jesus and Meryl. you guys were so powerful together that once you guys go on your separate ways do you guys hold the same weight you know what I'm saying? Do you, you know, do people start to fall off of you once you guys go down your individual endeavors? Do you think it could be something similar with that? It, it could. And I think it's like that with whatever group or couple is doing whatever. Like mm-hmm. another example, Diera and Ken. Obviously, everyone knows Diera, the, the YouTube couple for people who don't know what I'm talking about. But the YouTube couple, Diera and Ken, that over the last three, four years have grown to be one of the most popular YouTube streaming um, couples. She's way more popular than he is, but she understands that the relationship is what's keeping the bag as big as it is. She, of course, can get a big bag on her own, but the bag when you're together as a unit will always be bigger than the one you're getting by yourself, at least when it comes to that type of stuff. So when it Mm -hmm. comes to these podcasts and these um, couple of YouTubers and all that. Like, it's always better when you can stay together. So with Jesus and Mero, it's kind of like they're going to have their unique followings and they're still going to be relevant, but it's just not going to hit like their show was when they were together. 
Yeah. And that's why, and it and it's like that a lot when it comes to me because it was Joe Budden and the the Maul and Rory situation. I listened to a couple of episodes when they both split up, and I haven't returned to hear, listen to either of them guys anymore because it's just like it's not the same just listening to Rory and Maul without Joe, and it's not the same listening to Joe without Rory and Maul. Like the the, right. the you know what I'm saying the threesome together or like the group together made this made this all work. And it just feels so weird without it. It's like it's not the same connection. You feel me? So hopefully it's not the same for Jesus and Meryl. I just pray that they still, you know what I'm saying, get the bag and whatever they're trying to dive into when it comes to future endeavors. But that's just a, a reality of this shit, bro. Once this shit split up, like that fall off usually is somewhere near. And it's kind of similar to um what they used to say back in the day. Like, I want to say like 60s, 70s, 80s, when it came to groups. Like back then, going not the best thing to do you know they will always tell singing groups even rap groups when rap really um turned into the gangster phenomenon that it did groups were always the thing and it's like you had a few diamonds in the rough that could be by themselves and sell just as much as groups but when you got the the ojs when you got the jackson five when you got the osley brothers and this and that and the third you ain't competing with that if you just by yourself for real you know but as time went on, it transitioned into a, oh, anybody can be on their own and do it nowadays. So maybe we'll see that when it comes to this type of stuff eventually. But right now, that's not the thing to do. If you start off as a unit and people gravitate towards that unit, breaking up isn't really going to help at all. Yeah, so that's tough. But moving on to the next topic, we got Miles Bridges charged with domestic violence and child abuse. Yeah, so if you guys remember not too long ago, Miles Bridges was arrested for domestic violence against his wife. And uh, it says right here, the Charlotte Hornets restricted free agent Miles Bridges is facing three felony domestic violence charges after being accused of assaulting his girlfriend in front of their two children last month. And it says the district attorney, the district attorney says his office filed one felony count of injuring a child's parent and two felony counts of child abuse under circumstances or conditions likely to cause great bodily injury or death. And Bridges was arrested on June 29th and was later released on a hundred thirty thousand dollar bond. And he's waiting for court on next Wednesday. That situation is crazy, bro. You know what I'm saying? From both perspectives, obviously from the violence perspective, you don't want to see anybody go through this situation with abusive relationships, especially in front of your kids. Like, that's a traumatic experience that they will remember forever. You know what I'm saying? So you just don't want that from the, the family perspective. But I, I do feel sorry for, for Miles Bridges, too. I, I pray that he gets on the right track mm -hmm. once again. But that man was about to get a huge bag, dog. Right, and he bro. really fucked himself up. So it's like, yeah, you can say don't feel sorry for the dude who abused his wife. Like, obviously, you don't want to feel sorry for that aspect. But that man cost himself a hundred something million dollars, you know what I'm saying, for doing this type of shit. And it's, it's crazy, bro. It definitely important. Yeah, I, I feel sorry for everybody involved. I've, I mostly feel sorry for the kids because, like you said, that's going to stick with them forever. And they're going to look at their dad in a totally different light for the rest of their life. I feel sorry for his girlfriend. Like, the the she posted, like, he, he really fucked her up. And then, of course, I feel sorry for him because I, I, I feel sorry for him in hopes of I hope he heals himself and I hope he mentally and physically gets the help that he needs. I don't want him to just rot in jail because I don't think Miles Bridges is just this type of person to just only be yeah. this way. 
So, mm-hmm. and like you say, he he was in what top two, three conversation for most improved player. He was finna get a hundred plus M's from the Hornets. Like the Hornets were looking like a real playoff contender for next season if everybody came back. So the fact that now you could be looking to do some time for real, like that, that's crazy. And that's what I was saying a couple of weeks ago when we talked about it. I think he was really gonna get arrested. Not arrested, he was really gonna get um charged and sentenced. And I know we were having the back and forth of you. Yeah, you I still don't. Yeah, I still don't think so. Yeah, I, I still don't think so. I, I think it's gonna happen, bro. Just be, just because of the pictures that were posted, and then we find out he did it in front of the kids and everything. It's just yeah. And the NBA, the NBA isn't like the NFL, bro. And that's the argument I said last time. If he was an NFL player, yeah, I ain't worried. He might beat <laughs> this shit for real. But the NBA is just different. The NBA has a different standard than the NFL. Yeah. I don't think Adam Silver will let him come back and play if he's but this not is the, but this is well, this is what i was saying i was saying i don't think he gets any jail time in terms of he's not going to see any time in jail i think he will face repercussions from the nba though where it could be where he's blackballed or where he's just banned from the nba entirely but i still don't because it's just no track record there when you just have a professional high level you know or yeah high level you know what i'm saying high level professional in any sport get actual jail time for this shit like, we've heard about Adrian Peterson, you know what I'm saying, beating on his kids. Like, we don't heard about so many people, whether football or basketball, in this type of light, and they're not getting jail time. Is that right or wrong? We can go back and forth on whether that's right or wrong, but we just haven't seen it. So I just don't believe it to happen again. But I do think he will not play in the NBA anymore because I think Adam Silver, like you said, will put their foot down and say, we can't allow this. If you get caught up in this type of shit, you're done. You can't play in the NBA anymore. So that's why I feel sorry for him too, because it's like, damn, not only could are you in this situation with your reputation is going down the drain, you've been viewed as this person, you're not even going to get that money. I know he still has the rapping shit that he was doing, which was cool, but it's like, you knew where your bread was buttered and it was the basketball, because you've been a top prospect since high school, bro, and you threw that shit away. You know what I'm saying? Not taking care of your family, you know what I'm saying? Not looking out and, you know what I'm saying, just not being a careful one, you know what I'm saying? Beating on them all that type of shit. Like, that shit crazy. So, yeah, that's, a, that's an I, interesting situation. I hope everybody get the help they need in this situation. I hope he does go to jail because you you did abuse your girlfriend in front of your children and endangered your children. So, you should face whatever repercussions, whether it's from the league if you don't go to prison or actually going to prison. But I hope everybody gets the help they need. For sure. Moving on to record labels taking out life insurance on artists. Yeah, so I thought this was interesting. French Montana went on uh, the Off the Record podcast hosted by DJ Academics, and he was talking about how recently with a lot of the deaths that we've been seeing over the past two years or so in the hip-hop community with Young Dolph, Pop Smoke, uh, who else, Nipsey Hussle, just so many people, death after death, major artists at that. He's he came out and said how um, record labels are starting to take life insurance policies out on artists. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure it's more geared towards rappers, especially gang related rappers and rappers who live this trap lifestyle. So he just thought it was crazy because it's like they he understood it from a business aspect. But it's also kind of crazy of like, damn, what you as an artist may not have life insurance on your own self. But your record label got a life insurance policy on you. They will benefit money. of you. Yeah, they will. Yeah, they're gonna that. benefit. So they, he was looking at it from a perspective of they want you to keep pushing this killing music, this reckless music, this endangering music. 
And then when you die, they reap the benefits of it with whatever insurance policy they get on you. I mean, on the business end, hey, it makes sense. Yeah. But it's also kind of fucked up to the artists as well. So I thought that was a very interesting topic he brought up. I didn't know they could do that. I didn't know record labels could do that. I didn't know record labels could do that either. I thought you had to be some sort of beneficiary to take out a life insurance plan on like your significant other hey, or your kids. It all go like into the contracts too. These rec- these artists don't be reading their contracts. So who right. knows what you be signing to? You might be right. signing to some shit to where you claim yourself as a beneficiary to whatever. You know what I'm saying? So damn, that's crazy. Cause you gotta think about it from this perspective too. What are the chances that the label get ends up giving that life insurance money? to the kids or to the family like they're gonna keep exactly. that money and literally pocket that shit and that's what's even crazier about it because you would think like if you're a good person if it's a good business deal if you actually care about this artist that even if you do take out this life insurance plan i'm gonna look out for the family because they left they just lost somebody who probably was a, a main provider for this family but they've going to pocket this money and move on to the next person who pushing the same shit that got this former artist killed and that's just so crazy about this shit. You feel me? And I think it's interesting from the family perspective because you're not gonna look out for them. And you and this is the crazy thing, too. They're gonna tell you, oh, play this dead artist's music, get his streams up so that will benefit the family. But that once again just helps the the the, the labels and the streaming services more so than it even helps the family of the person who is deceased. And that shit is so crazy as well, bro. So yeah, it's a it's a sticky situation, bro. I was like, damn, because, you know, it's some families out here that they can't afford to, you know, do life insurance policies and all that. You know what I'm saying? At least not to a point of where it'll be really effective by the time the person passes for real. So, like you said, it all depends on what the record labels are doing with this money. Are they giving it to the kids or giving it to the family as a whole? Or are they pocketing it and just gearing it towards whatever artist they bring it in through the funnel hole next? That's literally your advance. A dead person life insurance is going to be your advance. Like, that shit is nuts, bro. But that's what they're using it for. Like you said, from a business perspective, I understand the risk that comes with this artist. So I understand that I got to put myself in position to put a safety net. If he ends up, you know what I'm saying, getting killed, I'm here. I got the money. From a business perspective, I can't blame him. But it's heartless at the same time because you're not even thinking about the family nine times out of ten. And we got to think about um, black record labels, too, like Jay-Z with Rock Nation. What if Jay-Z do this with certain artists that he signed? You know, what if um, what if uh, Yo Gotti with CMG? You know, he, can, he got artists like Moneybag and Black Youngster, like artists who rap about that type of stuff all the time. What if he doing that with his artists? It's like we, we got to look at it, whether it's these white record labels, these black record label owners, like I hope. I, I at least hope the black ones ain't doing it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> yeah. like, we're, our whole goal is to get our own independent record labels and whatnot so we can treat our own artists the way we want to be treated. But I, I hope it's just not hitting to the point to where French Montana just unleashed an entire skeleton that the rest of the world didn't know. Yeah, definitely opened my eyes to it because I definitely did not know this was going on behind closed doors. But uh, anything else for entertainment and current events? Uh, not from a global standpoint or even a nationwide standpoint, but I did want to bring up, and this is some local news, Kissing Cousins selling a building. And they what the fuck? Whoa! Nigga, when? Since when? Just found out today, bro. Just found selling out today. Selling it to who? I don't know who they're selling it to. They're selling their building, though, because they've been closed for a minute, 
and people was wondering why they was closed, and it was a um article that popped up. Bro, you're said, lying to building. me, bro. You're lying. Not, I promise. So are they moving somewhere? It says kissing cousins is for sale. Someone please buy it and save the St. Pete landmark. Uh, it says on it's getting sold on Cold Coldwell or CaldwellBankerHomes.com. dot com. Oh, yeah. So, wow. yeah. so Shit there is it's getting to the point where they can buy Kissing Cousins building and we have no Kissing Cousins here. Like they're not moving to another place. Nope. Whoa. That's wild. Hey. Bro. Get your nigga Lewis Murphy on the phone and tell that nigga to buy that motherfucking <laughs> shit. Hey, bro, that you talk about a staple of St. Petersburg, That's a bro. Staple, bro. That's that a is staple, a staple, bro. If anybody comes visiting me in St. Pete, I tell them, bro, you gotta go to Kiss Cuz. This the one spot, nigga. I know for sure you're gonna enjoy, bro. Cause this is a staple in the community. We can't lose kissing cuz. And this is this goes bro. back to the gentrification. <laughs> and this goes back to the gentrification point. Even though, even though kissing cousins isn't just a black establishment, even though it's a lot of black people that go there, they're just they're starting to turn this city around, bro, to shit that we don't want to see. We losing recipes, my nigga. We, we losing this, <laughs> we losing recipes, bro. We gonna lose kissing cousins. Uh... What? Bro, if anybody is in the Tampa uh St. Petersburg area. I guess they can't even see it no more because they can't even go. That's yeah, crazy. That, that I was going to tell y'all to visit, but it's closed. That shit That's closed, bro. I, I'm, I'm genuinely shocked, bro. Let I'm me genuinely see shocked by this news, shit. bro. I did not hear about this. Damn, Damn. let me see if I can find it. Search I'm for genuinely home. shocked, bro. That is crazy. It is, bro. I was, I was shocked to sell, but I'm... I'm shocked, but I'm not surprised. And let me tell you why. Kissing Cousins has been falling off for a few years now, bro. But that doesn't excuse the fact that they that they have to sell. I think they should still stay, even if they ain't hitting like they used to. But the fact that it just don't swing for real like how it used to anymore. Because they've gotten to the point, they were closing on Tuesdays. Just to close on I, Tuesdays. I was about to go to a Tuesday. I was about to go there on Tuesday, and I realized they were closed. I was like, what the fuck? When did they start you know doing what I'm this? I was confused as hell when they started doing yeah. that. But I'm like, damn, their business getting that bad that they can't even be open all days of the week no more? But was it to the point where they weren't getting a lot of business on Tuesdays anyway? And did COVID really impact them to the Probably. point where they took a step back, where they they like they were booming? And then COVID really set them back because it's more so like a mom and pops type of restaurant mm-hmm. that you sit down in. So like losing two years of business probably hurt them and probably forced them to sell the business. I still thought Kissing Cousins was hitting. My mom's them still went every other week or whatever. But it was like, damn, bro. Just see, here they just gone? Yeah, That's bro. Crazy, that, bro. That shit's sad, bro. That's we sad. How long has home. it been there? What, Kissing Cousins? Yeah. It's been there since I've been there. Bro, it, it's been there 20 40, plus. 30, 40 years. Oh, 30 probably. plus. Dang. I say at least 30. I'm shit, I'm gonna be 25. It's That's been there at it least 30 years. Here. God damn, bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah. That's sad. Even if the food ain't hitting, just to have a landmark in the city like that, like St. Petersburg, yeah, we had a trop, we got the pier, but we don't got as many landmarks as you would see in other cities, like. The Kiss of Cousins was a staple in the community. It was a landmark for sure. So to lose that is crazy because so much is changing around us. So you want to have things that you know are going to hit every time. 
And Denisha was saying earlier, I didn't even think about this. They could have, um, and when she say they, they're talking about whoever on Kissing Cousins. They could have brought it to the city of St. Pete like years ago and tried to make it to where it's a landmark and they can't really get it torn down. Like St. Pete High School, it don't matter what other high school gets changed or torn down around here. St. Pete High School will always be in St. Petersburg, Florida. You can never get rid of St. Pete High School. And Kissing Cousins low-key should have gotten that kind of power because, like you said, it's really a landmark and it's been there for at least 30 years. So I that that's just crazy to me how a generational <laughs> type of thing that so many people from younger than us to – two three decades older than us like just have memories of like that's crazy like bro we really gonna have our kids walking through st pete one day and our grandkids and they ain't gonna know what the hell a kissing cousins is they're gonna talk about maxim we're gonna talk about maximo they're gonna be like what <laughs> like it's so much if the trap go we're gonna be like the trap crazy used to be like bro it's so much shit our kids and grandkids gonna look at us crazy. that's what i'm saying bro and I'm hearing that the trap is about to go because I'm hearing the Rays is about to move to Tampa. They about to move to Ebor. They already building the stadium right now. So I don't know if the trap is going to get torn down because of that or or what. But still, we are losing landmarks in the city, and nobody is standing up for this shit. <laughs> and that's what's so upsetting because we getting all these new mayors. Like shout out to Ken Wilk, but we getting these new mayors, but we not keeping what we need to keep here, bro. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I understand the market value of the city is going up. I'm seeing everything changing. It's a lot of a lot better restaurants than what it used to be in the St. Petersburg area. But we got to still keep, you know what I'm saying, what's original to You got to keep essence. the culture the same, Yeah, bro. you got to keep, keep the culture, bro. bro. You got to keep the culture. Damn, bro, you just shook me up with that. You shook yeah, me up with bro. that one, bro. Damn, you shook me up with that one. That shit was wild when I seen yeah. that shit. I was like, what? Even though I don't think it hit no more, I'll still go to Kissing Cousins. Even though I don't think they fool hitting like that no more just because it's like, that's just where you go, bro. Senior skip days. Niggas was going to kissing cousins like crazy. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Like, that's just, that's one of them. And that's ones. where you that's see everybody at, bro. If you see anybody over the weekend, it was at kissing cousins, bro. You was going to see everybody at kissing cousins <laughs> on Sunday, bro, on Saturday. That was literally the spot. Oh, man. That hurts, bro. I know some listeners probably don't know. They're not from St. Petersburg. But dog, y'all gotta y'all don't understand how much this really hurt me. Right just think now, of bro. wherever you live, just think of one of your most iconic mom and pop stores or restaurants or whatever that have been in your community for a long ass time, and just imagine it closing one day and, and just getting sold. Like wherever that is for you, like just imagine that for us right now. Like that, that's crazy. That's crazy, bro. Damn, dog, that's wild. All right, man. I can't. I don't even know if I can move on with this news. <laughs> I can't even move on. But let's move on to the next. To some, uh, some movie and show news. So I'm hearing about a Daniel Kaluuya is making a Barney remake. Said that shit supposed to be dark. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what do you mean by dark? here? We go. So it says Daniel Kaluuya confirms his live action Barney movie is happening. It will be darker than the TV show. Like, damn, was the TV show even dark to be saying? It? Like, that's what, hey, that's crazy. Hey, this summary is already crazy, bro. The summary is already crazy. Because the, the nigga Barney was Barney, my nigga. What was dark about the show? All right, moving on. He said, previously he said, Barney taught us, I love you, you love me. Won't you say you love me too? But now he says, what happens if 
that turns on its head and that doesn't and that isn't true. If it's not I love you, you love me, what happens after that? What happens if that doesn't or if that isn't true? So this Barney remake is supposed to be some sort of horror, I feel like, or some sort of dark twist to what Barney is, which is very, somebody, very interesting. Somebody got high and thought this was a good idea and that was happening. That, like, that, <laughs> whoever he was high with and talking to, that's the only explanation for this because nobody in their sober right mind <laughs> would wake up and say, this beloved character that has been in the hearts of children for 30 plus years, we're going to make a horror movie with this nigga. Like, <laughs> what? Like, who just wakes up and says that? Like, you got to be high or something. That had like to be one of deep thought conversations. I don't know if it's going to be a horror movie per se, because it doesn't say directly that it's going to be a horror movie. But it said it will be darker. So I'm assuming that it's going to be some funny shit at the beginning where it's a twist where they're singing the I love you, you love me type of song. But then Barney like, I really don't fuck with you niggas. I don't even love you niggas for real. And then he start going crazy. So I feel like it's going to be like a dark ass twist to it. So he said, what happens when that isn't true? So yeah, I think it's going to be just a dark ass twist to it. So I don't know what don't type know. of shit we're getting with this Barney remake. But I'm definitely intrigued though. I'm definitely intrigued. The Winnie the Pooh remake, I've seen that. I see how he looked and I was already turned off. I, was, I didn't even like the face of Winnie the Pooh, the live action Winnie the Pooh for real. I was like, keep that nigga as a cartoon if he gonna come back and look like that for real, bro. That shit was disgusting. I was already horrified by the picture alone, bro. I was already horrified. I don't even want to watch the movie. But I'm assuming Barney oh is still gosh. gonna be Barney in this one. <laughs> but he ain't gonna Boy, fuck with niggas. I feel like both of these movies are gonna go straight to streaming because they're not gonna hit in the movie theaters. <laughs> They box office gonna be terrible if they drop in the movie. Theater. We gotta see the trailer though first. We gotta see that trailer first. For oh no! Nah. I'm not gonna. You gotta see the trailer. Even first. with even with the trailer, it's these movies are not gonna hit in theaters. Like you gotta drop these on Netflix or Amazon Prime or HBO or something like that. I'm not like, doing shit. And, and, and they'll go ahead and watch that Barney in. shit. Yeah, I ain't watching. Let me go ahead and watch that Barney shit. Let me see. Let's see what that shit talk about. I, I can feel that. I can see that. But okay. I just I just find it just so intriguing because we view Barney in such a way. That's in high regard. So when you see him, you know what I'm saying, probably cuss out some kids, probably in this type of movie, turn dark in some ways. It's kind of, I don't know. It's just going to be dope to see. Because I, I, Barney was somebody I grew up on for real. Thanks. So to see him in just such a different light, I think it'll be interesting for sure. It'll definitely be interesting. Moving on to the next uh, movie topic I have is the Madam Web movie is in the works. I'm hearing they're bringing in certain uh, stars. Uh, they're bringing in Adam Scott from Parks and Rec, Sydney Sweeney from Euphoria, um, Dakota, Dakota Johnson from, uh, what's that movie? 50 Shades of Grey. She's going to be Madam Webb. So if you don't know who Madam Webb is, she is basically the spider lady of the universe, of the multiverse. Mm -hmm. She controls the multiverse of the Spider-Man. So she controls all of that. So we're going to get an MCU version of Madam Web storyline so it can connect all of these Spider-Men together. We already seen the three Spider-Men that we all know and love with Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and uh, Tom Holland. But this is going to be a, a different perspective because we're getting it from Madam Web's perspective where she's the one above all and over the Spider-Men. So I think it's going to be interesting. And they have some interesting oh, actors fire. in here. Yeah, it's, it seems like it's going to be fire, bro. When, when is it supposed to come out? They don't have a date on it. They're currently just bringing in people to act. So there's not mm -hmm. uh, even, they're not even um, 
starting a production yet, but they're well, just bringing they, in. This gonna be a yeah, it's gonna be a minute. This yeah. probably ain't gonna come out to about twenty twenty five. Yeah. We we just got no way home. Yeah, we're gonna get that Spider Man show on Disney Plus soon. We got to get the two into the Spider Verse movies again. Oh Miles yeah, Morales. that's probably it's gonna come out. Yep. Yeah, one is coming out 2023, and they already got the date for the one after that for 2024. So, yeah, we probably ain't finna get Madam Web to about, what, three, four more years from now? Yeah, but I'm excited to see it because, once again, we've never seen her character before. Right. And I like this because we're not starting from scratch with the origin story. Yes, we're going to start from scratch with the origin story, so I'll take that back. But it's not going to be a young person origin story like we've been seeing with Miss Marvel, Hawkeye, like young person storyline. Like we finna dive right into that motherfucker with Madam Webb and we yeah. right into the action, learning her backstory, why she's a witch or why she's been a part of this, how she's become such an oracle of the multiverse. And then it's going, we're jumping into the action with the Spider-Man. She might be the one to cross um my man Miles, uh, Miles Morales into the live action. She might be the one who That's does this. Saying. So That's it's going to be some saying. dope shit that we see with that type of series. And especially with uh, San Diego Comic-Con happening over the next few days where I'm seeing that we're going to get a Black Panther 2 trailer at that, that Comic-Con. We might get, um, this is going to be an official uh, thing on the Phase 4, Phase 5 slate, Madam Web. We're going to get a lot of... Uh, look into the future of the uh, MCU in this San Diego Comic-Con. I think it's the 21st through the 24th of July, starting tomorrow. Like I said, the Black Panther 2 trailer will be dropping with that. And I know you were looking forward to that because you were talking about that last week. Yeah, I thought it was going to be when uh, Thor came out. I thought they were going to drop it then because Marvel don't got no other movies coming out for the rest of the year other than Black Panther. They just got the shows with She-Hulk and whatever else comes out after that. So I thought Mm -hmm. they would have dropped the Black Panther 2 trailer right before Thor came out. So we could have seen that in theaters for the first time. But I guess we're just we're just gonna see it on our phones. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't. Oh, you know I, what movie we? Ooh, we'll see it. I don't know if you got this on the dock for um for the next topic, but Halloween, the new Halloween movie, they might I've play it that. by then. We'll probably get a preview for for that movie. What you mean? What you mean we're gonna see that by then? Like we'll probably see the preview for Black Panther two in theaters for the Halloween movie. Oh, okay, got you, got you. It's, it might be for this note one. Because Nope is with Daniel Kaluuya, is with Jordan. It's going to be for Nope. Because like I said, um, Comic-Con is literally Thursday through Sunday. We got to assume it's dropping, though. We got to assume it's dropping dropping on the first first day. day. Yeah, we're going to assume it's dropping on that first day. San Diego Comic-Con. So Mm. I'm assuming it's dropping that first day. We see it on Thursday and Friday. If if it dropped the first day, then we're going to get it. For um for nope. If not, then they just they're gonna have to push it back. <laughs> and I think and I think Marvel's doing a good job by pushing everything back because I think there's been a lot of reshoots and like redone scenes with the Black Panther two. So I want them to make sure everything is uh done perfectly because hey, yeah. you gotta come correct with Black Panther two, bro. We already know chat we're not gonna be in it for obvious reasons. You gotta come with it, bro. Hold up uh, this this mantle for the black folks because we hold this series in high regard now. So y'all can't come slipping with this shit. You feel what I'm saying? So hopefully the storyline is hitting. Hopefully the trailer is hitting so we can all get excited as a community once again. But I'm definitely and excited for it. 
they really ain't had too many people questioning the movie or too much hype around Black Panther exactly. 2 at all this year. So they could really wait however long they want to wait before the trailer drop. Now, Spider-Man, oh, we was, Marvel was damn tired of our ass. <laughs> <laughs> we was asking for that trailer for Spider-Man every day, bro. Spats, spats, and they, spats. they held it all the way until, like, what, two months for real before the movie came mm-hmm. out? And they never do that. So... I wouldn't be surprised if they did it again, but like you said, they're supposed to drop it this weekend with uh, with Comic Con in San Diego. So hopefully they do that. But if not, I don't think it'll be any rush to get the trailer for real. I'm rushing because I want to see it, but the masses have not been asking for a trailer yeah. for this movie. But because of what you said, probably of hey, they're doing a lot of reshoots. They probably had to retell an entirely different story than what they was already shooting. So I mm-hmm. I rather them get it per- get it perfect and give us a trailer later then give us a trailer when we want it and it ain't what we like. But I wouldn't be mad, even though they're going to give us a trailer most likely tomorrow. I wouldn't have been mad if they just completely waited and didn't give us a trailer at all. Just go off the hype of Black Panther 1, which was a crazy amount of hype, and just let that lead into Black Panther 2. And we don't know what the fuck to expect. Like, nigga, don't give us anything because I think that's better because with Chadwick, we already have no clue what the fuck is going to go on, but we're going to show up to see it because it's Black Panther. Let us have no clue going into the movie. And I swear to God, that would have been the best experience if we walk out of that bitch as a community and say, that shit is fire, my nigga, (laughs) and we don't know what the hell is going to happen. That would have been the best experience. But most likely, we're going to get a trailer tomorrow. But I'm telling you, it would have been better if we got no trailer at all. Yeah, we, we could have just got some cover art or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, that would have been fire as a community, bro. That would have been fire. I don't, I don't know if Marvel would ever do that, though. As big know. as they are, they, they could do that. They, that's what I'm I saying. They could. If, I don't know if they ever will. Like, just don't drop a trailer for whatever project they got that's anticipated. I don't know. that. That's a big step I think even Marvel's scared to take because what if you don't drop a trailer and that shit bomb? Like <laughs> that's the yeah, that's the big thing. Like nigga, I could have told by the trailer that this shit was trash. I, I wasted twenty dollars. Like this shit. <laughs> so I definitely, I definitely feel that. I definitely feel that. And moving forward with the next topic, we have the Snyder cut of the Justice League that so many people hyped up, and the whole campaign behind it. We have found out that it was fueled by online bots and fake profiles that they are starting to connect to Zack Snyder and his camp. So everybody understands what happened with the Justice League movie. That movie was terrible, the original movie. But after that movie, so many people were asking for the director's cut because they were hearing that the director's cut had so many missing scenes that would have connected the movie in such a better way. So it was a lot of people that were really campaigning for it. So everybody thought that it was like actual people asking for this movie to come out as a director's cut, but they have done some investigating from a deadline ended up reporting this. And they said that they started to find out that it was a lot of online bots and they are starting to connect them to Zack Snyder as the campaign to do over the justice league movie, which is just interesting as fuck because everybody thought Jack Zack Snyder was disconnected from the the film he was disconnected from warner brothers he wasn't even the one who cut the the original justice league movie because he had to step away from it because his daughter just died so everybody was like he he was disconnected from it but apparently he was the one who started this whole campaign to get the directors cut out that's crazy i ain't crazy as well wow 
Yeah. And well, damn, I can't even say that because I'm probably talking about the bots. I'm about to say, I heard a lot of people say that the movie was good. Turns out these are fake profiles. So damn, was it really good at that point? (laughs) Now, the thing is, the movie was good, but it was just the fact that the campaign was fueled by Uh, the online bot. So who was who was asking for the director's cut? It was the fake accounts in the bots. But when the movie came out and when we watched it, the movie was fire. It was just long as hell because it was complete four hours. So it was like, yeah, so it connected everything that was missing in the original Justice League. But it was just long as hell. You had to watch that shit in parts. You know what I'm saying? It had part one, part two, three, and four. It was like, it was long as shit. But it was a better movie, though. What the director's cut was better. It was longer, Mm -hmm. but it was better. So it was just interesting to see that these directors are, that they're capable of this. You know what I'm saying? If they want something to happen, they can put bots behind it, and then they can put freight, fake profiles behind it but what's to get the, what they want. What's the repercussions for this, though? Like, is he going to get sued or anything? It's not really a repercussion because the movie is out. I mean, the and the DC has made so much money off of the director's cut that they're not really mad about it. It's just the fact that he did this, and nobody knew that he, you know what I'm saying, got these bots and all these fake profiles involved to get the campaign off the ground to get the director's cut. But it's too late now because the movie's out. The we, Everybody loved the Snyder Cut edition of yeah. the movie. And Warner Brothers is probably happy that they dropped it because they made so much more money off this shit. So it's just like, it's no really, not really any repercussions. It's just a, a, a telling sign. Or it's just... Man, yeah, if that shit out. flopped, oh, he would have been in Yeah, some that's what I'm trouble. saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something would have happened, but yeah. Let that, that shit would have flopped. Definitely an interesting tidbit. And moving on to social media wants to know. The question of the week has been, if Rent in Gotham was $300 a month for a three-bedroom, would you move there? Hell no. I don't know why people <laughs> say yes to this. Forget Batman. Your insurance would be through the roof. <laughs> the crime insurance. The people breaking in your house, fighting insurance. Like, it's going to be so many insurances out there. <laughs> I ain't even worried about Batman. I already know what they expect with this guy. Oh, bro. I was so I was seeing so many memes for this tweet, bro. And Twitter would never get deleted <laughs> off my phone. Because this type of shit, bro, is undefeated, my nigga. <laughs> oh, man. But, no. I, I, for 300 a month. We living in rough times, bro. For 300 a month for a three-bedroom. Ah oh, man, it's a tough decision. But this one thing would have to happen if I moved to Gotham. Batman, you gotta kill the Joker, my nigga. That's one nigga we need off the streets. <laughs> Everybody, you can have, you can keep these scarecrow ass niggas around. I'm cool with it. I can get poisoned here and there, but the Joker gotta get off the streets. This nigga Joker be bombing whole cities, be bombing hospitals. We need that nigga off the street, champ. You gotta kill him. You gotta go against your your law for that one, bro. You gotta get that nigga out the way. If I'm moving there. You gotta oh, get the joke man. out of it. Uh-uh. I can't do it. Can't a have three, Bane man, popping up. That's that's a good idea. <laughs> mm. Rule hey. of thumb, y'all. If it sounds too good to be true, <laughs> nine times out of ten, it is. <laughs> oh, no, thank shit. you. You saw I'm the cool. you saw the one where oh uh, somebody partnered a handicap spot without a tag. <laughs> and that ass. I was like, no. <laughs> Cause that's, that's gonna be me. Cause I have one for my car. Batman oh. gonna look at me like you're not handicapped. 
just completely whoop my ass. Not try to tell me to move my spot or anything. He's just gonna straight up whoop my ass for justice. Bro, and it's the same thing that we talk about with the people in the MCU, bro. Of like, how do they feel when they shit is getting destroyed on a daily, weekly basis, my nigga? Like, how is that experience? And like you said, from a, a responsibility standpoint, the insurance got to be crazy, my nigga, because <laughs> your house is getting torn down every two weeks. They got to have poke insurance. Yeah, <laughs> like there, there can't be houses in Gotham for real. You got to make nothing but apartments. Just tear all them damn apartments down, build up some new ones. Because a house takes long-ass time to make. It ain't no way I'm building a house when I know that shit going to get torn down in two weeks. <laughs> ain't no way I'm taking all that time out, my nigga. Ain't no way. I have to be in an apartment. I have to be in an apartment. You better do but, like uh, Bruce yeah. and, uh, well, nah, at that point, you ain't paying 300 I was going to say, you better do like he yeah. did and live out on Wayne Manor outside the city. <laughs> and that's what I was thinking about, too. I was like, I'm going to live on the outskirts of the city. But then we just seen in this movie that this nigga, uh, Riddler, he flooded the whole goddamn city in. So now I'm underwater. So it's, I can't even worry about yeah. the promise. I'm underwater now. You know what I'm saying? I got to get saved for my life. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> for 300 a month, though. In these times. Oh, no. Nah, you still, still <laughs> contemplating it. I've been saying no from the get-go. It's just not In happening. In these times. <laughs> it was something somebody said oh. about the Riddler, too. Somebody said something about the Riddler. I can't remember right now. It was funny as shit. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it was that Jalen Ramsey video. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I seen that shit. I see that shit. <laughs> the Riddler got you. No, I see, the, I see another one, bro. I see another one about Harvey Dent, and they was like, what if Harvey Dent told you hands or tails? He had Denzel drinking a water bottle. That nigga didn't want to answer the question. <laughs> that nigga didn't want to answer the question. That nigga was sweating like shit. Oh, I was like, oh, shit. They had but, that boy yeah, like I said, <laughs> oh man, like I said, one nigga gotta be off the streets, bro. Joker gotta get off the streets. I can I'm cool with the scarecrow poisoning me with the, the air and all that. Cool. I, I can recover. But I ain't even worried about the penguin. Was, I ain't yeah. worried about him. He really be sticking with the mob and shit anyway. I feel like Our he don't pony, really I ain't worried about none of them. Yeah, that's more so the mob for real. I'm worried about the niggas who affect the whole Gotham community, you feel me? And that's more so Scarecrow and the Joker. Them niggas blow up and they gas you. And bang. You know, and bang, you know what I'm saying? He beat your ass for no reason. So it's like, yeah, those, <laughs> those, those niggas for sure. All the niggas you got to worry about. Everybody else kind of cool. Like, I ain't worried about Calendar Man or Simon Grundy. Like, I ain't worried about these niggas. <laughs> Yeah, them niggas be hiding in the sewers. But uh, moving on to the next topic, we have Would You Pay $2,000 for OVO Fest? And OVO Fest is supposed to have Drake, Nicki Minaj, Lil Wayne. Like, it's supposed to, they about to do everything out there. But they say it's about to be 2K for a lawn ticket. For a lawn ticket? For a lawn ticket, general admission type shit. Oh, no, 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 no. I ain't paying that <laughs> I thought they were saying like 2K for like you, you like got a good seat, you know, you're in the building or whatever. I thought it was for a lawn seat. Nah, bro. Cause lawn, you way in the back. Like you ain't even like up there for real. Nah. But bro. think about who you seeing though, bro. You seeing and I three did. goats. You, you I did. That's why goats. I said like if you're, if you're sitting in a good spot and you have a good view and you close enough to the stage for real, like you have an average concert seat i ain't gonna lie 2k ain't bad because you're seeing drake at 
the peak of his career. Like he's in his thirties and he's like goat status at this point. Nikki and Wayne, both goat status legends in the game. You got a chance to see Chris Brown probably too, because he he um he's a part of OVO Fest this year and shit like that. You're seeing superstar caliber people who 2K ain't that bad. Like I've seen tickets be damn near a thousand dollars just for Beyonce by herself. So 2K for all these niggas, I can't be mad at that. But for a lawn seat, yeah, I, I would be pissed off 2K for a lawn seat. Now nah, that's that's <laughs> it. I gotta at least be in the vicinity though. <laughs> Man, it's so many goats in that building. Like you said, even Chris Brown finna be in that thing too. And I see Chris Brown is on another tour with Lil Baby. And he's supposed to be in yep. Tampa on the 13th. I'm like, damn, I think it sold out already. But I didn't even know about this shit till yesterday that about the tickets and all that bullshit. I'm like, damn, you could have seen Lil Baby and fucking Chris Brown at the same show. That would have been some fire shit. I got to get back in tune with the concerts, man. I've been sleeping on the concert in a minute, Yeah, bro. bro, I got to get back in tune I used to see everybody, bro. Like, I used to see everybody. The only people I haven't seen that I I really feel like I need to see for real before they lose their luster and it feel like I'm an old person going to see an old nigga. Mm -hmm. Like, I need to see Chris Brown while he could still backflip. I need to... I need to see Nicki Minaj. Like, I love Nicki Minaj with everything in me. I got to see her. I've never seen her at concert. And I got to see Beyonce and Jay-Z. Jay-Z, damn near 55. He ain't doing no concert. No <laughs> that nigga chilling. <laughs> but Chris Brown, Nicki Minaj, and Beyonce, I have to see them. Damn it, everybody else I would want to see, I have seen. What was your first concert? My first concert? My first concert, I think, was Wild Splash. Because I've been to Wild Splash like two or three mm. times. And, I, you know, you see like five artists. I saw Kevin Gates, uh, B.O.B., Lil Wayne. Like, I saw, I've seen Wayne in concert like at least three times. I saw Kodak. Yeah. I saw, I've seen Kodak like two or three times. I saw the Migos a few times. Uh, I was in the club with them one time. And I, I seen them in the club. Uh I've seen Rich Homie Quan and Young Thug. I, I've seen. I was so about to say I've seen bro. Rich Homie and Young Thug. Yeah, when I when I was in Miami, that shit. Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen a lot of people, bro. I've seen a lot of people. Yeah, my first concert was definitely 2013. I remember it like it was yesterday because it was definitely that Born Center joint when Born Center with Cole came mm. out. Nigga was in the building. I've That's what the Cole. Center. I've never yes. seen Cole. I seen I've seen Cole three times. I've seen Cole three times. I went the next year for 2014 Forest Hills. And I think I went for another one too. It might have been the uh, one he dropped in 2016 for your eyes on me. Might have been that one too. Mm. But that shit was fire, bro. Those first two experiences, I don't know, bro. It's something about your first concert. Like that shit just feels magical for you to be in the building. You got a nice Let's seat. Go. You just getting that vibe and that experience for real. Now that the best concert, best concert I've ever been to, Drake versus Lil Wayne. Never been to a better concert than that, bro. Like before Damn, all this first. Hey, before all this versus shit that y'all know now, the yeah. real niggas did the very original verses of the Drake versus Lil Wayne mm-hmm. tour. Like they had the the text um meter and all that. When they yeah. had the meters on the screen. Ah, the phone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, just imagine them doing that now with the catalogs they have now. Because I went mm-hmm. to that in what 2014. Like, just imagine all the Drake shit that we got since 2014. Like the Wayne at the back end of his career, all the all the ladder, ladder shit that we got, that should have be so fire if they did that shit now, bro. 
Man. And you know some shit they gotta bring back, bro. Even though we don't got 106 in Park no more, they gotta bring back that spring fling, bro. I don't give a damn oh, what y'all yeah. gotta do, bro. Y'all gotta bring fire. back spring. That was some shit that always looked fire. And I feel like as soon as we started to get to that age when spring fling was like, okay, I can actually go to this shit. That's when they stopped they going. 106 part shit. was off that shit. 106 <laughs> part was off the television. It's like, damn, that shit always looked fire. I don't know why, but I always envisioned like 50 Cent up there on the stage. Like that was the prime. So the boy of Bow Wow, Marco yeah, Polo. That, was that the shit prime, was fire. Fling, bro. They got to bring that back, my nigga. That shit was always look lit. Like for, and it doesn't even have to be like 106 apart. Like anybody can bring back that spring fling, but just bring back all the new niggas, all the hot niggas at the time. Or at this time, and like have them niggas on one stage because that's basically right, what it imagine was. Imagine a little baby at Spring Flow. What? Man, <laughs> that's that going shit used to look so book. crazy, my nigga. We need that back, bro. We need that back. That's crazy. All right, man. And moving on to sports, we have the LeBron James at the Drew League situation, which was a spur of the moment type of situation. Like a couple of days before we heard that LeBron was going to play there and the NBA marketed the fuck out of this game because they posted it on NBA.com. They had people streaming it on YouTube. Like this is a big deal, but I wanted to talk about this because of just LeBron's impact, bro. Like his, the turnout that he can produce just to see him play is just so such some crazy shit that we're I don't know if we're gonna be able to see that again moving forward. Like, yeah, we had Mike in the past, but it's nobody close to LeBron when you just talk about the impact. Like, I don't think anybody would have had that type of turnout on that short of notice. Like, nigga, it was celebrities in the building, like off the short notice shit, shoot and sitting front row just to see Braun go up against some regular niggas. And it was that big deal. Like, God damn, it was just so dope to see. The impact of LeBron on that type of Drew League stage. I, I just want to shout out LeBron for that because it's not too, too many people doing that. You feel me? Facts. I, I was just gonna say that like he was playing with Demar on the Rosen. So shout out to the Rosen and shout out to all the people who are part of the Drew League for that. Because bro, we ain't, last time the Drew League had hype for real. 2011 when Kobe did it, like that's what I'm saying. No, nobody has looked at the Drew League for real. So the fact that LeBron at 37. Said, I'm gonna go to the Drew League and I'm gonna play. And short notice, like you said, celebrities there, packed house. He dapping up little kids and he's actually talking to people in the community and whatnot. Bro, that shit was fire, bro. Like it was just fire to see. And you, we have to appreciate moments like that in his career right now, bro, because you you can just tell every moment that LeBron has right now, like the end, bro. It's feeling like. We ain't finna see this man that much longer. So he probably did it because of the fact of like, hey, bro, I only got a couple more years left. Let me do this last little Drew Lee thing and just do some community type burst spur of the moment thing. He could have did the Rucker. Like he could have did anything like that and it would have been the same type of turnout. So yeah, we, we just got to appreciate LeBron while he doing what he doing, y'all. Because we're, I don't care how many haters say whatever about him, saying when it, when it comes to his NBA stuff, we're not going to see a player like this again a very long time. Yeah. Very long time. Yeah. I completely agree. That was the main takeaway I got from the game too, bro. Like appreciating him because this is year 20. We don't see too many people play into year 20 anyway. And we definitely don't see people in year 20 wasting their body on a Drew League game in front of kids that people are going to see. You know what I'm saying? So that's was the biggest thing I took away from it, man, is just appreciating the time we got left with LeBron. 
because this shit can be coming to a close quickly. So I'm glad that we all got to watch that as a community. They had it streaming on NBA. They had it streaming on YouTube. So we can still all see it, you feel me? Because that's just something dope for the, the community to be a part of. Because I don't know, even if somebody can get close to LeBron on the basketball level, I don't know if anybody will ever reach LeBron again when you just talk about community awareness, community involvement, that type of level, LeBron has far and away passed Jordan too. Like LeBron has been the number one guy for a long time when you just talk about community relevance, bro. And I think that's what we have to appreciate too and just his impact all around, bro. And it was just dope to see that type of stage. And people, I've been seeing people say lately, you know, the NBA is geared towards having players play longer now. So he ain't the only person playing damn near in the year 20 or whatever. It's like, okay, that's fine. But how many players at his age in year 20 are playing at the level he's playing at? Well, of course, we're going to get more people playing damn near 20 years of basketball with the way the game has evolved. But how many people in year 20 are going to be able to say, I'm damn near averaging 30? Like, I still got a chance to carry my team to the finals if it takes that. You know, I'm damn near 40, but I'm still giving these those buckets. Like, how many 20-year vets are able to say that? It ain't many. So even though we're going to get more players playing 15, 16, 17 years, they're still not going to impact the league and just the world of sports the way he is. So we we just got to appreciate it, bro. Like them, love them, I hate them. You can't sit here and say what he did to the NBA is anything short of a, a top three phenomenon. That's real shit, bro. That's real shit. Yeah. So definitely shout out to Brown for that, for sure. And moving on to the next topic, we have the James Harden pay cut. So James Harden was slated to make $49 million this year, but he opted out of his uh, contract to renegotiate and for the 76ers to sign uh, PJ Tucker, Daniel House, and uh, I think it was one more free agent that they end up getting to just round out the roster to have just better chemistry going into next year. And James Harden ended up agreeing to a deal today for a two-year, sixty-eight million dollar deal with a player option for the second year. So I think he's only yeah, he's only making like a thirty-four million dollars this year compared to the forty-nine. So he's taking a massive pay cut. And I just wanted to ask you this question: With the 76ers looking like a well-rounded or a more well-rounded team this year, going into next year, is this going to be a bounce-back year for Harden? Are we going to go see that old Harden once again? It'll be a bounce-back year for Harden. I don't know the 76ers as a whole. I don't know where they'll end up as far as like playoff hopes or finals hopes. But in terms of James Harden seeing him play really, really good or even great basketball again, we have a chance to see that. So with the depth that the 76ers are able to have now with the pay cut that he's taking and the way they're able to pay these other players to build around him and Embiid, we're definitely going to, I don't know if we're going to get Houston James Harden where it's a bunch of iso ball, but just seeing James Harden being a floor general, seeing him take the key shots and knocking down key shots and just being that good partner to Embiid, we're going to get a lot of that this season. So I'm happy for him individually, but for the 76ers as a whole, I still don't know. You got the Bucks mm-hmm. in your way. You got Boston who was just in the finals. The Heat are always in there. So it, it's, it's a couple of teams that can easily get the 76ers out of here still in my opinion. Yeah, but I think James Harden gets knocked uh, a lot for not being committed to winning. We hear a lot of comments about his body, this, that, the third, but I think this is a huge step 
for him taking a huge pay cut when he could have easily made almost $50 million and taking right. a $15 million pay cut. Like this shows that he's committed to winning, that he's willing to put his body in shape. I'm seeing he's in the, the gym way more this year. He's slimming down. So we're seeing James Harden take that step to show that he's fully committed. So I think this will be a huge bounce back year for him and the 76ers. And I'm a James Harden fan. Y'all know that. So seeing last year was tough for me, bro, because I was seeing my man really fall off a cliff in front of my eyes and that shit hurt. Yeah. But I think we're going to see that James Harden where it's like 25 and 10 again consistently, you know what I'm saying? Not those oh three foot 18 type of performances. Like, no, nah, I think we're going to get like efficient James Harden as well playing good two-man basketball with him and Embiid and Maxi. man. I think it's going to be good for the 76ers. So definitely salute to James. I, I hope he lose weight. Uh, that that's one thing I hope about James yeah. Harden because I I get it he was still able to get a bucket even though he had a little chubbiness on him but I think slimming down will just help him a lot more as far as like the way he can cut the way he won't have to be so reliant on the step back and whatnot and I think that was another reason why he probably gained weight because once he found out that step back gonna work no matter if I'm an extra ten to fifteen pounds or lighter ten to fifteen pounds he said fuck it probably and just got out of his diet regimen you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so i hope he slims up a little bit and i i hope he gets into his bag again this season because he's been pretty dormant for like the last two years honestly uh calm down nigga calm down see that's why i be saying niggas be getting too extra with the comments niggas said dormant uh, like that nigga ain't been doing shit my nigga still averaged 22 10 and 8 last year like i said great numbers for a regular nigga but we we used to james harden having extraordinary 36 and that's what i'm saying that that's what i mean dormant i don't mean dormant in a sense of he ain't doing nothing but dormant in a sense of like bro you you was top five a few years ago like everybody was looking at james harden like hey one of the next revolutionary basketball players and it's like the last two seasons it's been like okay you're you're doing good like you ain't got no trash you ain't got no trash stat line but we used to you averaging damn near 30. so you just barely he's having down there 40. That's what I'm saying. So it's like yeah, yeah. to me, that's that's dormant for James Harden. Like yeah. you're just average, you're an average NBA player. And just the eye test was telling you a lot as well of like he's not getting past defenders as easily as he once was. The step back isn't hitting as much. The handle isn't as tight. He getting poked way more this year than he was in past years. This the handle isn't as quick. He's moving slower than in past years. Obviously, we expect the uh, uh, fall to come with age, but that shit was just too sharp because the year before in Brooklyn, nigga was looking good before the hamstring injury, and we thought this was going to be he had a summer to really relax and then get back to playing with Brooklyn slash Philly. And he never really regained that James Harden that we were used to seeing. So hopefully, like Edgar said, he slimmed down. I've seen a couple of videos of him working out, slimming down a little bit. So hopefully that's, that uh, that works out for him. But I think this pay cut is really going to work in Philly's uh, advantage for sure. So definitely salute to James. Moving on to the NFL. We have Jimmy G trade destinations. And if this don't tell y'all how bare we are with sports topics, I don't know what is, bro. Because I do not fuck with Jimmy G at all. I don't care where this nigga gets <laughs> traded. So the fact that this is a topic tells you how bare the sports topics really look for us oh, over the past man. couple of weeks, The bro. game manager himself. <laughs> The game manager. This tells oh, you all man. you need to know. So what, what 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 Jimmy G trade destination do you have? The 49ers ended up saying that he has permission to seek a trade from anybody else because they want to move forward with uh, Trey Lance as their quarterback. So Jimmy G is on to the next destination. Uh, 
if anything goes left with Deshaun Watson, like how we could probably see happening to where he's not playing for an extended period of time, Cleveland uh, is a good spot for him, uh, especially because they traded um, Baker Mayfield now. So I would definitely have him over Sam Darnold, you know, not Sam Darnold, but um, over what's his name? Who's over there? Uh, Where else? Cleveland. That's really it, bro. Cleveland. Everybody is kind of set with a quarterback, ain't they? Who Indianapolis quarterback? Oh, you go to New Orleans. I ain't worried about Jameis. Whoa, Jameis is better than that nigga. Jameis is better than Jimmy G. Jimmy who, G. Who was in Indianapolis? Who was in Indianapolis? Oh, Matt Ryan. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I think you're gonna do good there. So yeah. Uh, I think he's just King. Damn. I don't know. Cleveland. I say New Orleans. They just paid Jameis Winston, so I don't know if they'll. They be paid Jameis. Work with Jimmy G. Yeah, I don't remember what the contract was, but they they've signed them to. Three, four years, I think. Oh wow, something like that. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, that that was that was a little minute ago. Um, damn, where can Jimmy for real? Because like he got to go to he got to go to a team that's not gonna be a Super Bowl contender, but he can get you to the playoffs. Like, we oh, gotta know we got yeah, we got to know the ceiling. But is, is Kirk Cousins already a better version of Jimmy G? Mm, nah, he, he's better. Kirk would, is better than Jimmy I would G. say nah. nah, nah. You don't, call, you don't even let all me call. You don't even let me call. All that shit. All that shit you was talking about uh, with Kurt this year. All that shit you, you even talking let, about with Kurt. You don't even let me call him Captain Kurt, so I'm not gonna let you. No, you, no, you was getting that shit off last year. <laughs> you was getting that shit off last year. Now you switching up for Jimmy G? Oh no, I ain't switching up on the Vikings. I may switch up on Captain Kurt, but nah, because the, the Vikings, bro. I will continue to say, bro, the Vikings are damn near the most entertaining team to watch in the NFL. They're always in a game with anybody that they play and they could upset anybody on any week. And I think this season, like if they could get somebody like a Jimmy G, that'll be straight, bro. Cause outside of the Packers, who are you battling with for real in that division? So I think you I don't go know. backwards. <laughs> if you go from Jimmy G to, or go Shit. from Kirk to Jimmy G, you go backwards. Is it, is it backwards? Or you bro? Just, Jimmy G go is, huh? is it backwards? Or are you just staying the same? That's the question. Now nah, you going backwards. Nah, bro, See, this is the thing with Kirk. Like, Kirk is going to take chances down the field. Them bitches might turn into some picks. But that nigga Kirk going to take some chances. And he, more than likely, he's accurate as hell. But with Jimmy G, you just don't know. It's unpredictable with this nigga Jimmy G at this point, bro. He, every pass, I'm wondering if she's going to be a pick or not. Because it, it is such a different system from San Francisco. San Francisco has the type of system that any quarterback can look good in. Because most of the time, they're just running that bitch down your throat. And it's going to be a play action with Jimmy G. The, uh, the defense sucks in with the run. Easy dump off to George Kittle or Debo Samuel. They turn that bitch into a big play. It's not like Jimmy G has been doing anything crazy in San Francisco. It's just the offense is suited for any quarterback to look good in. And he still makes it look terrible. He still looks trash in that system. So he can't go to another system and try to outplay what he's been doing before. You got you got um, Justin Jefferson on one side, Adam Thielen on the other, and Dalvin Cook behind you. Jimmy G can make that work. I don't give a damn. I don't care what you talking yeah, about. Yeah, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and serviceable running backs, and he did nothing with that. I don't know. This year. I mean, he went to a Super but Bowl with him, but. It was, it was a different play scheme. Like you said, it was a it was a totally different play scheme in the 49ers um, locker room as opposed to the Vikings. The Vikings, he'll probably have to sling it a lot more and trust his wide receivers to catch whatever type of ball he finna throw. But <laughs> I can't think of anybody yeah. other than Cleveland, bro. I can't think of anybody other than Cleveland. Cleveland, New Orleans, Minnesota. 
Because I think right now, if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, they have to go to Jacoby Brissett. So you don't want to go that's to Jacoby Brissett. That's what I was thinking about. That's what I was thinking about. You don't want to go to Jacoby Brissett. Like, I would much rather go to Jimmy G than Brissett. So that's the only upgrade. Everybody else. I don't know if Bill want him back with the, the pass to be a backup. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, and shit, you could be a you could be a backup to even if they I wouldn't want them to do this, but even if they started Jameis, you got Jimmy G as the backup. Possibly, See? possibly. I'm telling y'all, man. Cleveland, New Orleans. And what about Minnesota. Pittsburgh? Though Pittsburgh ain't really got a quarterback. They got on um, what you call it, Trubisky. They got Pickett. They drafted Pickett in the first round this year, so Pickett probably oh, yeah, gonna Trubisky be the first too. round. Well, they do got Trubisky, but they Pickett, like Pickett, you said, but they got Pickett. I don't know. But, you can uh, still you can still win the starting job if Pickett ain't looking right. I don't know though. If I if I got my supposed to be future in Pickett and I got a solid backup in Mitchell Trubisky to just give me Is a couple solid? of games, solid enough to win me a couple of games as a backup. <laughs> yes, Mitchell Trubisky can be that. But so I don't know if I'll try to push for a third quarterback to put in this quarterback room if I'm the Steelers. I I ain't looking if I'm Pittsburgh. Seattle, maybe, because Seattle is rolling with Drew Locke right now. Are you rolling with oh, Drew yeah. Locke, or are you looking for an upgrade with Jimmy G? It really don't matter either, because Seattle going to be at the bottom. Yeah, they're going to be so. trash regardless. So it's like, you can play San Francisco, get your head smashed in twice a year. But that's really <laughs> it. Because <laughs> that division is still crazy, because you still got you still got uh, San Fran. You got Arizona still going to be good. And then you got, uh, I'm blanking on the other team. The Rams. The Rams. <laughs> You're getting your head smashed in by the Rams. So you're gonna get your head smashed in three six times out of the year. I don't know if you want to stay in that division, but you can. <laughs> you can for sure. All right, man. Moving on to the next topic. We have where does Jamar Chase rank among wide receivers? So Madden ratings dropped this past week, and every uh position ended up getting their rankings. And Jamar Chase, who had one of the best rookie seasons of all time. Ended up winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. He ended up going to the Super Bowl. He was outside of the top 10 in terms of Madden ratings. And I just want to know, where does Jamar Chase rank among the top wide receivers in the NFL? I'm going to go through this list right now. You got Devontae Adams. And this is in order, too. Uh, You got Devontae Adams at 99, Cooper Cup 98, Tyreek Hill 97, DeAndre Hopkins 96, Stephon Diggs 95, Justin Jefferson 93, Mike Evans 92, Keenan Allen 91, Terry McLaurin 91, Amari Cooper 90, Michael Thomas 90, Tyler Lockett 90, Chris Godwin 89. Tyler Lockett was above him? Yeah, and Debo Samuel 89. And where was Jamar? That's crazy as hell. And Jamar's at 88? I guess so. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. They got to be hoeing him because of his age, bro. That's the it only reason. There's no reason Tyler Lockett and, and McLaurin. McLaurin's not Take better than Tyler Take McLaurin either. off. You can yeah. put him above Amari Cooper. Yes. You can put him above Tyler Lockett. Yes. Hey, I love Metcalf, but you could put him above Metcalf. Oh, it's yes. Like, He's better than all like of them. Four or five, it's like four or five people. I, I'm putting put him, him above Keenan Allen, too. I'm putting him above Keenan Allen, bro. I'm putting him above Mike Evans, bro. There's some niggas I'm putting by, oh, in front of them, bro. I can't. Because yeah. say, say the top six again. Say the top six again. Top six was Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, and Justin Jefferson. That was the top six. See, he's right around that range, like seven, eight, nine. That's when you get into, like, okay, Jamar Chase. Because he had a better season than Justin Jefferson last year alone. Yeah. And Justin Jefferson had a crazy second year, too. 
And so he's in that conversation of like six, seven, eight. So the fact that he's not even, he's behind Amari Cooper and Terry McLaurin and Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett is in front of that nigga? What? That's nuts, and bro. It ain't even the fact they're ahead of him. Well, it's the fact they're ahead of him. But it's also the fact, like we were just saying, you're not even at 89. Like, because the, the bottom of the list is Debo Samuel at 89. So you either tied at 89 and you're just not on the list in the top 10 or you're lower than that. So it's like that. That's crazy as hell. It, it doesn't make sense. This list is stupid. If like Jamar Chase is not in the top 10, damn, they're not in the top five. It doesn't make sense. That's what I'm saying. He was a top five wide receiver last year. We can go back and forth on production or against name value, because I think when you talk about name value, the other receivers that you listed, like DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Mike Evans, like they still have the name value over him. But when you talk about production, especially what we see in the playoffs too, it's no way you can say that man won top five last year, bro. It's no way. He's a top five wide receiver in this league, bro. You all know what's crazy? I ain't even count for real. I named 15 people. Not 15 even just... <laughs> or above this nigga, bro. I counted 15 people now that I really think about it. They got 15 people ahead of Jamar Chase for the overall rating. He not even in the top 10 in speed. Like, it's just like, bro, they're, they're hoeing him, bro. He ain't in the top 10 for route running. That's crazy, like, what is he? bro. Like, he's not top ranked for route running overall or speed. That does not make any sense. How are you not top 10? They got Jamar Chase at 18, bro, as an 87 overall. No 87 overall, bro. Got that nigga. Ain't no way in hell. 18. With Adam. He's better than Adam Thedon. He's better than DJ Moore. He's better than Debo Samuel. He's better than all these niggas right here. That's crazy. Hey, look at what Michael Thomas is, though. I guess because he hurt or whatever. But even he's Michael too Thomas. low at 12. When he healthy, he's yeah. better than all these niggas, too. It's, it's probably because of his health. It was probably yeah. because of health. Yeah, him being at 18 is wild, bro. Madden is hella disrespectful for that, bro. For hella real, disrespectful. Bro. Ain't no reason for that. But uh, but yeah, man. I, I just didn't. Yeah, I just want to like talk that about doesn't that. that doesn't make sense, bro. It's 18, it's the fact bro. that he's not he's 18th overall and he's not top 10 in speed or route running. That's funny as hell to me. <laughs> Or catching. He's not top 10 in catching either. Oh, my God. And he was they're making spectacular them. catches all season on niggas' bro, head tops, bro. On niggas' head tops. Bro, that's crazy. That's crazy, bro. That's nuts. Crazy. That's nuts, bro. That is nuts. That's how you know niggas is wild, bro. They got Terry McLaurin. What? One, two, three. Four. He's fourth in catching. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I'm done, bro. I'm done. Madden, you disrespecting the hell out of Jamar Chase. And you know y'all wrong, too. Y'all know damn That's well y'all wrong. Crazy. That nigga didn't want a Super Bowl his first year. Making nothing but spectacular catches the whole playoff run, the whole regular season. That's nuts, bro. This is this is just funny as hell. Like I I'm shocked right now. Like that just doesn't make sense. At all, <laughs> it just <bro>. doesn't. <laughs> At all. That's crazy. Wow. But uh yeah. Let's move on to past the ox, man. What you got for song of the week? Song of the week, damn, what I got. Mm. Oh, I was on that uh so much fun by Thugger, that sup mate with future. Damn, what I've been listening to this week, bro. I've been listening to a lot of shit this week. Yeah, I was on that so much fun today. Mm. 
I don't know if y'all know Snoop Dogg dropped an album recently. <laughs> I was listening Whoa. to that Snoop Dogg album. That was a very, very interesting <laughs> listen. So I, I, if y'all feel like listening to something that's really off kilter from y'all playlist, they definitely have, he definitely has a, a album. It's called Snoop Dogg Presents Death Row Summer 22. Definitely an interesting listen. Definitely interesting. And oh, that's with, probably because he that's probably because he um he did, he bring just back Death Row and all yeah. that. Yeah. So it got him and like uh it's like a collection of artists. It's not just Snoop Dogg, but he's definitely rapping on there though. I got contribute by uh Dom Kennedy. I'm gonna ride with that one. I've been listening to a lot of Cali rap over the last like three, four months, bro. Like I don't even know what Florida shit sound like no more. <laughs> I've been listening to so much Cali shit. But uh all right, moving on to movie and show reviews. What we got coming up? Uh, we got to do everything everywhere all at once. Nope comes out this weekend, so we will watch that and get that done for y'all as soon as possible. Uh, Spiderhead, I got to watch Spiderhead so we can review that. And then we got to do our Avatar 1 review um, as soon as possible, so that way we're ready for Avatar 2. Uh, if you haven't checked it out already, we've done all of Miss Marvel that whole first season, so check out any of those reviews. Uh, what else have we done? Um uh, Thor. We did Black we did Phone, Thor, yep. Love and Thunder, Black, Black Phone. Phone. Yep. So we got a few bangers that have came out so far this summer. So go ahead and check those out and be on the lookout for everything we got coming forward. For sure, for sure, for sure. And like I said, we got to start tapping into like the Netflix shows. Netflix and HBO have been dropping a lot of shows that's been good and interesting. We got to get in tune with all that shit too. But definitely, definitely let us know any movie suggestions. And we appreciate you guys for listening. And we out. Peace.